everybody. Welcome to The Back Room. I'm Andy Ostroy. In a little bit, we will be talking to podcaster extraordinaire Kara Swisher. But first, let's get to our two big things. Number one, can you guess? Can you guys guess what number one is? Um, mm. Do you have an idea, John? Mm. I, I, I know. Does it idea. rhyme with rump? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so smart. Yes. Believe oh. it or not, <laughs> what a shitty week he's having, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do a little rundown, shall we? New York Attorney General Tish James on Tuesday asked a judge to impose $20,000 in sanctions on Trump, his two adult sons, their lawyers, and other co-defendants for their actions in a civil fraud lawsuit, which is scheduled to go to trial next month. She cited, quote, frivolous conduct and claims they are repeatedly making legal arguments that courts have already rejected. So that's up in New York. Down in Georgia, in the Stone election case, uh, we got to see the first televised hearing. That was fascinating. Did you guys check any of that out? Nope. Judge is pretty awesome down there. I forget his name, but he's not playing around. Good. Yeah. Fannie Willis, Fulton County District Attorney, about a month ago got a letter from Jim Jordan, uh, he wants to, uh, you know, continue the investigation, demanded evidence and materials and all kinds of information from her in Trump's case. And uh, she responded in a scathing nine-page letter. She blasted him of his request. She said the obvious purpose is to obstruct a Georgia criminal proceeding and to advance outrageous partisan misrepre- misrepresentations. And she said his public statements and his recent letter, quote, make clear that you lack any legitimate legislative purpose for that inquiry. Your job description as a legislator does not include criminal law enforcement, nor does it include supervising a specific criminal trial because you believe that doing so will promote your partisan political objectives. Your letter makes clear that you lack a basic understanding of the law its practice, and the ethical obligations of attorneys generally and prosecutors specifically. She is not fucking around. That was a great letter. I enjoyed that yeah. very much. I, Jim Jordan is special in the, that he is willing to do anything that Trump uh, would be happy about. I love, this is the part that I love. She invited him to purchase a book about racketeering statutes. And she said that as a non-member of the bar... You can purchase a copy for $249. I mean, she's also funny. She a- is funny, and she's doing her best to straddle the fence, to be professional, at the same time stand her ground and not ha- cater to this ridiculously partisan nonsense. Again, it's classic projection with these people. It's as they are completely, utterly weaponizing the government, they accuse Biden and the Democrats of that. It's just such a shield that works beautifully for their base. Definitely. But that's all it does is just work for the base. Because, Jen, it's what? It's just dust in the wind. No. Wrong song. (laughs) Wrong song. It's all about the base. It's all about the base. Oh, I was stuck on dust in the wind from an earlier comment. Um, (laughs) So a judge in New York ruled that Trump is liable in the E. Jean Carroll defamation suit. A judge also rejected Trump's bid to delay his New York State fraud trial. His former Mar-a-Lago IT expert, Yusel Tavares, flipped and will testify against him in the stolen documents case. Well, that's what happens when you get your own lawyer and it's not paid for by Trump, which is what he did. And you realize, hmm, do I really want to go to prison for that fat fuck? Well, Trump's lawyer thought you should. Yeah, well, they're all going to flip. Trump said he is going to testify in all his criminal trials. Hmm. Yeah, that'll happen. He also also said he may seek to go to federal court. No one's ever heard of a filing with a judge that says, I'm contemplating doing something without just saying what you're going to do. An almost filing. I may file. I may not. (laughs) Um, Let us see. Uh, Mike Pence he called Trump's populism a road to ruin. I'm telling you, he's coming. He's coming. Shh, what's that sound? <laughs> That's the sound of Pence winning the nomination. I just don't know which primary is he running in. Is it the Republican <laughs> primary? Because 
he's polling at 2%. Nobody wants him. Okay, I mean, let me ask you this question. Is it feasible that he could win Iowa? He could win, you know, New Hampshire. Okay. Historically speaking, you could be nowhere, but if you win Iowa and New Hampshire, that just sets you off on a different tra trajectory. Is that possible? It doesn't matter it whether happened? he wins some early states. Iowa's irrelevant. Look at Biden and South Carolina. One state. No, nothing looked bleaker than it did for Joe Biden in 2020. The difference is that... And then we had South Carolina. The, the difference I see is that Joe Biden wasn't hated by the majority of the Democratic base. He may not have been tremendously popular with all of it, I, but, but Pence, they I, wanted to hang him. I'm just talking pure fact. The fact was... Joe Biden was counted out. He was hanging on by a thread. And then Claiborne endorsed him, came out, big push. He won South Carolina. Boom. The rest is history. So before South Carolina, there was a bunch of liptards sitting around going, oh, my God, Biden's dead. That's all I'm saying. He wasn't hated. The, the negatives are the problem for Pence. Okay. His negatives are extremely high within the Republican base. All right. Only time will tell. We can conjecture all we want, but I think uh, the last eight years is a pretty good indicator that anything can and will happen. Okay, let's move on to Wisconsin, our big issue number two. We have uh, a, a state legislature which is planning to impeach Justice Janet Protasiewicz, who won her election to the state Supreme Court back in April. And that tipped the majority of the court, I think 5-4, into Democratic control. And it was actually a landslide victory. And now, because that liberal-leaning state Supreme Court, uh, there is the threat that they will overturn all the redistricting bullshit that the state legislators did. And also, when it comes to abortion, make that legal again. So um, they're going to try to potentially try to impeach her. This is a woman who became a justice five weeks ago, and she hasn't ruled in one case yet. And their cause for impeachment is absolutely absurd because they're claiming that she received funds from Democratic donors, Democratic Party, and that she could never rule on redistricting cases fairly. Meanwhile, the GOP has given tons of money to sitting Supreme Court justices in Wisconsin and they're just fine to rule on cases. Yeah, it's, look, it's an, it's an excuse. It's not a justification. Look, there's a reason why they fucking lost in Wisconsin. They just don't seem to understand anywhere in this country that the more they do shit like this, the more they lose. Voters don't like this shit, but they don't seem to learn. In the meantime, I just want to call out one of the examples of the Supreme Court justices in, in uh, Wisconsin. He said that, Christianity is the correct religion insofar that others contradict it. They are wrong, but that's okay. He once compared homosexuality to bestiality, called Planned Parenthood a wicked organization, but all of this is okay. And if they do impeach her, it's going to affect hundreds, if not thousands, of people with abortion. Uh, I mean, it just gets to the point that Ruth Ben-Ghiat has said over and over again, the, the Republican Party across this country don't believe in democracy. There's nothing to do with democratic values and that if people elect someone in a landslide that person isn't what they want or who they want they're just going to throw it out yeah you make a good point all right let's get to our winners and losers my winner mexico mexico supreme court decriminalizes abortion nationwide this week my loser equality in the wake of the Supreme Court affirmative action ruling, a judge struck down a provision of a federal program meant to help minority-owned businesses, a ruling that could imperil other programs that benefit underrepresented groups. My winner this week is local news and democracy because of that. And that's because a new initiative led by the MacArthur Foundation and a number of other philanthropies, including Carnegie Mellon, Ford Foundation, and others, is going to put $500 million into local news and what they're calling Press Forward, and this is the biggest amount pledged to help local news ever. My loser is former Trump advisor Peter Navarro, who's convicted of contempt of Congress, and is learning what Rick Wilson titled his book, that everything Trump touches dies. My winner this week, Fannie Willis, because she is the queen of not fucking around. My loser, New York City Mayor Eric Adams, 
who basically said migrants coming to New York is going to, quote, destroy New York. All right, let's get to our weekly rant. Last week, a new Wall Street Journal poll showed President Joe Biden and Donald Trump in a virtual dead heat. And my initial reaction was, that can't be. It's an outlier. Let's see what the next polls say. Well, a new CNN poll this week indicated the same. My reaction now, what in the fuckity fuck of fucks is wrong with America? Joe Biden is the most successful, productive, first-term president in modern history, maybe even all of history. And he's accomplished this feat facing the most toxic, tribal, obstinate, intransigent opposition party ever. His first two-year accomplishments include the American Rescue Plan, the Inflation Reduction Act, the CHIP Act, the PAC bill, the first gun reform bill in decades, the infrastructure bill, historically successful COVID vaccine rollout, record job growth, inflation down to 3% from 9%, gas prices back under $4 from over $5, prescription drug cost reduction. He strengthened NATO and built an unprecedented Western alliance against Putin while helping Ukraine wage its successful defense against Russia. And what about Trump? He's a pathologically lying, sexist, racist, anti-Semitic, xenophobic, homophobic, corrupt, treasonous sociopath, a democracy-raping, dictator wannabe who orchestrated a deadly insurrection at our nation's capital, refused a peaceful transfer of power, is twice impeached, four times indicted on 91 felony counts, is facing four federal and state trials in the next 18 months, was found liable of sexual assault, and has promised voters nothing but grievance, revenge, and an end to democracy. And they're tied. They're fucking tied. Half the country has lost its fucking mind. This is a wake-up call, Democrats. If you believe there's no way Donald Trump can be president again, please drop your draws, reach down, and pull your big, fat, delusional, libtard head out of your ass. Okay, it's time for Kara Swisher. She is host of On with Kara Swisher and co-host of the Pivot Podcast. She's also editor-at-large of New York Magazine and the former host of the Sway and Recode Decode podcasts and the co-founder of the technology website, Recode. Kara has been reporting on the industry since the early 1990s. She was once called Silicon Valley's most feared but revered journalist, and she's established herself as the oracle of the tech world with unrivaled access to the industry's most significant leaders. Her new book, Burn Book, A Tech Love Story, is described as, quote, a witty, scathing, but fair accounting of the tech industry and its founders who wanted to change the world but broke it instead. It's scheduled for release March 5th, 2024. Kara, welcome back into the back room. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. First thing I want to ask you about is Scott Free August because it gave us the opportunity mm -hmm. to hear from Louie, which was great. Yes. He's a smart kid. He's amazing. He is. I got, I got four smart kids. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's amazing. He's the oldest and he's, uh, he's at NYU. I'm actually in New York. It's a Scott's apartment. It's his, one of his kids' rooms. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was great. I, I, I was even surprised by how incredibly intelligent he is. I mean, obviously college yeah, is thanks, paying Mom. off for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, I was listening to it and I was kind of proud of him, you know, cause you always want to look yeah. at the kid. Yeah. Were you just like marveling like a typical parent? Like, you know, we have a very close relationship. I've closed with all my kids, but he and I, you know, he's just so thoughtful and so reasonable. I think he sort of represents the hope I have for the future in a lot of ways and that he's not like reactionary. He's not, he's, he's just like, look everybody. And he's very like calm about it. And I really appreciate that, but he's not naive to what's going on. Right. And so I've tried to raise my kids like that, like in terms of making sure they are, you know, I always let them listen to whatever they wanted to do, whatever they not do, whatever they want, but have them challenge themselves. And so I think he really took that to heart. And my other son is even more debating, by the way. Um, but I really like to have kids that question things and at the same time have respect for not just bomb throwing, but really thinking about solutions. And that's what Louis does. Mm -hmm. I really, well, he, I, he I, I was like, really pleased. He seems like he's very engaged in, in the world that he, he lives in. And yeah. I don't want to make a generalization, but I wish a lot more, you know, G Gen Zs and young yeah. people well, were. She's Gen Alpha, I guess. He would be, what would he be? I don't know. He's 21. Um, I'm not sure what Gen he is, but I think a lot more kids are than you think. I think what you do is you get sort of this this idea of kids as being only on 
social media and they just are in their phones, which a lot of adults are, by the way, mm -hmm. FYI. If you sit on a sub, I was taking a subway here and everyone's sort of entranced by their telephone. Um, and, you know, a lot more, like I just, uh, I just saw the movie Bottoms, which mm -hmm. is by a bunch of young people. It's so smart. It's so interesting. There's all kinds of really interesting, thoughtful young people. And I think we do ourselves a disservice if we just assume they're anesthetized social media addicts. I don't, I don't think that's the case mm -hmm. at all. My, I think they're very engaged. My daughter Kim cast that movie. Yeah. Oh, she did? Yeah. Amazing movie. Yeah. We you. saw in the last election, we saw young folks come out and vote mm -hmm. in historic numbers. And we need that again in 24, for sure. And so yes. when you look at climate change, you look at LGBTQ issues, you look at gun reform, mm -hmm. you look at saving democracy. Like if there's ever a time for young people to vote in droves, this is it, yeah. you know? So Yeah, he's was... going to vote. He, was, he voted. He, he votes. And it's just, it's really um, to assume, I just think the assumption, given how badly behaved older people are these days, I just am like, really, you're going to judge young people when you're arguing over whatever the hell you're arguing about? Um, you know, I just was, I shouldn't be on Twitter ever anymore, but you know, they were arguing whether it's okay to, you know, say anti-Semitic things. And it's like, well, I, I suppose you can, but it's not okay. You well, know I mean, what I mean? If you're like, a Nazi, it's okay. You know, it just depends who yeah, you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, what happened to you? Like, adults are the ones that are really misbehaving, and older adults are really misbehaving. Mm -hmm. um, so, I don't know. I just, I, I think Louis was fantastic. He, he was, and uh, is he going to be back soon? Yeah, I think he's in Argentina right now, studying fascism Dave. and food. Your brother Dave, too. Jeff. Was, uh, Jeff. Jeff, right. Jeff. He, he was pretty yeah. good, too. Dave is my other brother. Yeah, he's a doctor. I wanted to bring him on to talk about sort of how doctors are dealing with AI. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, he's very technically oriented, and um, and it touches in his profession. He's an anesthesiologist quite a bit. And so I wanted to give just, a, you know, for a doctor who's pretty up on things, what's going on with them. And I think that's, there's a lot of recent news around medicine and AI and no, that was, AI that was and everything. That was an insightful so. part of the conversation as well. Yeah. Uh, so is that just like a scot-free August thing? We have to wait till August again for these guys to come back? Or? Uh, probably. Yeah, probably. I, you know, I tried to vary people. I had the Will Hurd, who's obviously not, mm -hmm. he and I don't see it. I had him many things. Uh, but very, I like to deal with conservatives who are reasonable, you know what I mean? Who want to have an actual conversation about policy. Um, you know, I had Savannah Guthrie, I had Don Lemon. I was just, I try to do different things, largely because mm -hmm. it's such big shoes to fill for Scott. Mm -hmm. um, people still love Scott. They really do. Over all those people who are wonderful, um, but they really do miss Scott. And we just did the taping yesterday, which appeared today, our newest one, which is, it's a corker. Scott's mm -hmm. back with all his penis jokes and <laughs> stories. Gotta love the penis jokes. And on a scale of one to 10, He's how, much, giving them up. how much did you miss Scott in Scott Free August? I did a lot. I do. I saw him a couple times during August. I went to visit him in Nantucket, but I do. I miss Scott. I think we have a real rapport. I think we challenge each other. And I think it's really important to um, disagree civilly um, on lots of stuff. Mm -hmm. And we did on this show, actually. Um, but he's... Uh, you know, I, I, I do miss him. He's become a friend, and mm -hmm. I really, um, you can tell. You can tell by this show how No, no, the, the chemistry have. is there, and he brings the penis yeah. jokes. I mean, I, I think yeah, one, one of my favorite I episodes. I am in his house. <laughs> one of my favorite episodes is when you guys were talking about both Barbie and mm -hmm. Taylor Swift. Oppenheim. Oppen Oppenheimer. And uh, uh, the jokes that Scott cracked during that episode, which were funny, but completely you know, like inappropriate. Yeah. Know, inappropriate has, would be the word. Taylor Swift has 500 songs about guys leaving her, but not one about blowjobs. I think it's time we stopped ignoring the connection. I mean, <laughs> that's Scott. You either love him or you hate him. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, to me, I, everything's funny. I, I so like, that was hilarious. I like, I do. Me too. Me too. And I think I give him permission. Like people are so nervous about jokes. And I think, you know, this San Francisco lesbian is going to laugh about it and not get overly you know, bent around an axle. And I'm concerned with issues of homophobia and sexism and transphobia. But at some point, you have to like, but not assume everybody's awful, which I think is what happens on social media is mm -hmm. that, you know, you, you get to these camps. And so, you know, I don't love all of them, but that was, a, it, was it was not a very good joke, that one. But some of them are, some of them are. But I like to also point out that these are the people making the economy run. And that's my- Well, I want to ask you about like that. That's literally my next thing. Yeah. But <clears throat> how sure. about, quote, how can she be so popular when her knees don't even bend? That was another Scott uh, classic. That's, 
Again, I, I think this is all funny. Taylor Swift she'll probably never is come such this. a better business person than Scott will ever be. So whatever, <laughs> he can say all she wants, but so, she's, she's, she's the engine of the economy. So well, fine. speaking of which, whatever. this was the summer of women and the impact on the economy mm -hmm. between Taylor Swift, uh, uh, Greta mm -hmm. Gerwig, and Barbie, and Beyonce mm -hmm. has apparently added about $8.5 billion to the economy right. in Q3. Right. That is unbelievable and right. probably is just causing massive amounts of diarrhea among the patriarchy. Well, I don't know. I think it's always the summer of women, Andy. I just, you know, women are the biggest Not spenders, like the biggest consumers. This is incredible. No, this is the creators. This is the creators of, of but I'm saying women are the biggest consumers, spend most of them, you know, disposable income is done by women. Um, but yeah, this is a, these are real entrepreneurs. You've been given a chance to run their own businesses and you can't leave out Dolly Parton. You can't leave right. out, there's all kinds, and this is in the entertainment space. Um, you know, they just, they always treat it like it's an exception, except it isn't, it isn't that you, once you make these products, people are there to take them. This is not a fluke by any stretch. It's the same thing when Black Panther came out and everyone was like, oh, look, black movies can make money. I was like, That's right. it's a movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's well, not, they, it's a universal They say that about movie. musicals and Westerns too. It's like give yeah, audiences yeah, musicals yeah. and Westerns and they're a smash hit, but yet we don't, we hardly see any of them. So I... I think well, that point is well is, taken. There is a there is a gating function in Hollywood, and I think that's been broken now. Like you, that's why you're seeing quite you know a little bit of difference in and what is popular and what is not popular. Um, you know, I was a big fan, as you know, of Yellowstone, which everyone made fun of me. I was like fantastic, and so Amazing was 1883, show. and mm -hmm. huge hits on uh, on streaming and and everywhere else, and. You know, people are like, why do you like that? That's flyover. I was like, it's good. It's good. And it's really, it has a universality that, you know, we try to assume, I, I like succession too. It doesn't mean like you can't like one thing or the other. And so I think it was really important to point out that, that maybe the gatekeepers who are going away don't know everything and that things tends to bubble up as with, with or without their help, things tend to bubble up. Right. Well, they. I happen to think they don't really know much about anything, uh, and I think. Oh, they do. That's not uh, true. They everything have, is siloed. Okay. The movie business today is so siloed, and it's it very hard be, yeah. to get them off movie. of that that track of you know the. Well, they don't know what to do. And, and, well, know. that's not working, is it? What yeah. worked this summer was originals. All the originals are the ones that did well. Whether it was like Megan, whatever, whatever it was, it's it's not the ones. And even even that Operation Freedom, which I'm not a fan of, but I can see why it did well. Mm -hmm. There was a real need for that among the audience that it was targeting. And so, I mean, they of course did their narrative oh against the odds. I'm like it. No, you just made a movie that people liked. Just right. calm the fuck down. Right? Okay. So you true. made it and you made a fortune. Hush up. Well, like, the key will be will they know. do something like that again soon? Or is this gonna be yet Probably. another? There was a know. Jesus there was a Jesus movie that did well a couple of years ago. I can't remember. Same who, actor. Who doesn't love Jesus? Jim I know. I was I was like that's what they were like, Can you believe a Jesus movie? Well, I'm like, Yeah, I can. I can I feel like I can believe it. So I don't know. If it's a good movie, it's a good movie. My friend Jeremy really... Sisto, uh, he played Jesus once in a movie. I think oh, it was did called, he? I think it was called Jesus. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh, was he? Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to ask you real quick, because you kind of surprised me about uh, Burning Man. I would have thought yeah. you were the kind of person that would be like, there's no fucking way I'm going anywhere near Burning Man. And I was reading some of your stuff this week that you, your comments were pretty yeah. much like pro-Burning Man. In a way. No, I'm not pro Burning Man. I would never fucking go to Burning Man. Let me just say, as a person, if, right, unless well, they build that's a That's what I was kind of hoping to get to, because right. I would never fucking yeah. go to Burning Man. But I don't like dust and I don't like mud more. So and it was six like miles a of it, thing. by the way. Six miles of it. Maybe like a so 10 feet I, of mud is fine, but like six miles, no. Yes. Here's what I did. I, I, I don't care about Burning Man. I But let them have fun if they want to do it. Like as long as they clean it up. And they want to dance around in outfits and put iridescent stuff on their skin and wear ridiculous costumes. I don't feel like judging people. Like I live in San, you know, I have a house in San Francisco. Right. I lived there for 25 years. I don't care what people want to do. And so I think they've schadenfreude over people's unfortunate situation. I mean, it sucks, you know, no matter where you are, that sucks. Well, it's sort of like fire festival-ish, so you know, the fallout well, from it. Yeah. You know. I don't blame the people that went there. I think that guy should have gone to jail, which he did, but... Um, but in terms of Burning Man, I was like, there was just so much like, oh, good. So they got it. They got, I was like, why did they deserve that? Like, I don't even understand why it would be like, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy. Let them be ridiculous. I don't have to like, I don't have to take it. I would never go. Let me just say, I would never go. I get why people go and they seem 
you know, I've been at lots of parties in San Francisco where they talk about Burning Man and I'm like, la, 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 la. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hear about your burning, like just enjoy it. And, you know, I'm not going to tell you about me going to the hardware store. I just, I like going to the hardware store. I don't go on and on about it. That's irritating about Burning Man people, but they like it. it some of the art is beautiful. Um, if people want to, you know, they, if they have a great time and they find community, I don't see, see there's an issue with that. It's just, I'm not going to do it because I don't like dust, but that's just me. So that's my feeling. And I just didn't, I didn't like, I, I thought it was kind of icky. Everybody's sort of making fun of them because it's not just tech bros there. There's actually a very wide ranging audience. Yeah, at, I have friends who go. Festival. Most of them are like middle-aged white guys who are trying to find themselves. Yeah. You know. That's okay. They should. I, like it's better than what? A clan rally? I guess. I don't know. I just. Nothing's better than a clan rally. Better than a Trump rally. Coming from, you know, this, like, from I, this Jew, I could tell you nothing's better than a clan rally. But, I know. Um, I was like, I don't care. How about you and Scott? You, you can marry a goat. How... <laughs> I don't care if you marry a goat. Go ahead. Some people I not wouldn't. only aspire to that, but probably do in certain parts of our country. Yes, but I how was about recently ne invited to a goat wedding. But go ahead. Really? No. An actual... Oh. <laughs> I live in New York, but I can be gullible at times. Um, okay. How about you and Scott in a Winnebago next year at Burning Man? Like a whole. You know like, what? Not a bad idea. Here's is the it? thing. I I I don't know if he would go. That's interesting. He likes comforts. He's a comfort person. Um, I think I don't do drugs at all. I don't know why. I have no particular reason. I don't have an issue with it. I just don't. And I just feel like if I go there, someone's going to slip me something, and I'm going to end up in like. Another country, crazy like, Kara. We're going to see crazy Kara right. come out. Crazy Kara. I don't want to be crazy in front of the people. There are a lot of tech people there, so that's one of the reasons I don't go. I don't want to be like dancing naked on mushrooms in front of tech people. It's not really my. Jam. By the way, by the way, um, that's the reason my white middle-aged friends go to do all those. Oh, things. really? Is that, that, a, that dancing naked? Yeah, okay. On mushrooms. Good for them. Yeah. Um, um, but uh, you know, I don't see us doing that. We may do a trip around the country. We may do take. Pivot on the road. That's what we're talking about today. That's mm -hmm. why I'm here in New York. Awesome. Um, and do some live things and maybe film it, film our little mm. journey together, maybe drive, drive around the country, which I think would be, mm, there's the Winnebago. be illuminating to both of us. Yeah. I wouldn't mind a Winnebago, little, but a nice one. A little, nice little one. stop at Burning Man. Little stop. No, never happening. Good for ratings. I'm you, It'd be good for ratings. If there's not room service, I'm not there in any of the. I don't do vacations. I, I was a camp room counselor. service. They don't have enough. ground. What do you, you know? It's, I understand. You're asking they for have a good lot. food, though. I, I, no, some of them have good. Bob Pittman apparently has quite a spread there with the food. And don't the, a lot of people like luxury. rent houses like nearby and then just go for like. Isn't no, it's not of... close to anything. That's no? Coachella. I think oh, right. you're confusing with Coachella. Another thing I'll um, never fucking go to either. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not a big outdoor. Me Although I did go to the Taylor Swift concert and it was fantastic. The so last you're, first you're, concert I've been to in I, years. I was going to ask you about that too. You're kind of a big Swifty, no? Or I am. I I think she, I I don't know where my admiration for her business acumen and her talent is, but she's just one of these Swiss Army knives of entertainers. Just mm -hmm. just constantly. Just even doing this movie, I was reading about how she put together the distribution of the concert movie. So innovative. So interesting and. Um, you know, she just does things differently. And she, you know, she was on the ropes a couple of years ago, if you remember. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She was sort of on a downward. Well, she and started she so young, you know. She did. She did. So I always appreciate any career of anybody, not men or women, who really have the long the long view. Again, Dolly Parton, think about that. Think about her long trajectory mm -hmm, of her mm -hmm. career. And she was a joke at one point, and now she's an icon. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm really, I, I was really fascinated by that concert because it wasn't just that she worked her ass off. She like, if you have to be like, this woman is so wealthy and she still gave it her all for her audience. I love that about her. Um, it's something I, even though I have questions from Tom Cruise, I love that about him. He just gives it his all, right? He, he he understood the assignment is the expression I, I use. Like mm -hmm. he understood the assignment. Um, and so with her, it wasn't just like the parking was great. The food was great. The Everyone had a great view. The video was great. The costumes were great. The opening acts were great. Everything was so thoughtful and beautifully done. It was utterly worth the price of admission. And that's not something that happens a lot every mm -hmm. day. And then she brought it. And and it was also very, um, it wasn't overproduced. It's very hard not to overproduce something like that. Mm -hmm. You well, know, she has such a, just, a unique connection taste. to her audience and, she and taste. She does. And she's a smart businesswoman and she has great yeah. instincts. But uh, my daughter went, yeah. my daughter's 19 and she went 
And I subsequently saw videos people were posting. And I told mm -hmm. her, I, I actually want to go, not because I'm a fan of the music per se, which I think is the music mm -hmm. is fine, but I, I'm fascinated by her control over 50, 60,000 people. Like, uh, there's a guy, in the, if, if you're a football fan, there's a guy at the New York Jets. His name is Fireman Ed. Yeah. And, and maybe three or four points during the game, he raises his arms like this, and everyone mm -hmm. in the stadium gets quiet. And then he goes, oh. J-E-T. The entire crowd wow. says J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And she has right, that yeah. same kind of... And so I said, I want to go because I want to experience you should. that. I would, I would advise it, it, it seems if you like have a phenomenon. some extra money, go in Europe. She, what, what I thought she did really strongly was that she could go from an incredibly costume, just set-heavy set to just standing there with a guitar and, yeah. and still hold people. And that was... One thing she did I thought was super interesting was she was so generous to her dancers. Like, I knew every dancer. She gave them space and attention, and it made her look better. And it was, I thought that, I was sort of struck, because most people of her level don't. It's all about them. Mm. And I think it probably is all about her. But um, but she manages to, to bring out the best. I, I don't imagine you're going to hear a story of Taylor Swift sexually abusing her dancers, you know, just like the Lizzo story or whatever, or just saying, right. harassing, you know, I just feel like she's just, uh, I don't know. It just was, I was sort of struck by how she could go from a big dance number with an amazing costume to a very simple girl with a guitar or girl with a, with a piano kind of thing no, she's and still be star. as compelling. It was just, it was just a great show. You know, it's just like anything else when you see a show that's you know, you know, when something with restaurants satisfying or mm -hmm. you buy a product and you're mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm thinking of my AirPods, just a perfect pro. I love it. My AirPod Max, I love it. It's just, it's exactly what I want. It's worth the money I paid for it. There was something else I was using the other, well, my Chevy Bolt. I love my Chevy Bolt, but it's like, it's, I work hard for my money and it's worth the money. Like it was worth the money. Right. And thank you for doing that. It was respectful of that. It, and you didn't feel cheated. Mm -hmm. And I think that was, um, you know, and then she's making a movie so people who couldn't afford thing right. can go. It's like, and she's kept the price pretty low. Mm -hmm. um, have, you, have you seen her documentary, Miss Americana? Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I went back and watched it afterwards. Yeah, and even, that was when she was sort of at her low point. That was when she was in Right, but even of... just politically, the decisions she's made and when she's made in it, made them mm -hmm. and why she's made them. Yeah. She's, she's got a good yeah. head on her shoulders. And, and so she, does, and she's indeed. in a stratosphere indeed. that she's in that rare Elvis, Michael Must Jackson. Must be hard. You know, and it's and but, but aware of it. I mean, even that song "Antihero." You know, I'm, um, you know, stumbling towards your favorite city to, uh, you know, whatever. I'm a uh, everybody is a sexy, but I'm a monster on the hill. Mm -hmm. um, you know, lumbering to your favorite city, pierced through the heart, but never. She's so aware of herself mm -hmm. and her power, and is not. But she's not apologetic of it. But she's she knows who what she represents mm -hmm. at this point in her life, which I thought was. She's very reflective. Listen, a lot of very well-known people could be more self-aware of themselves than that, as much as she is. That is true. And Beyonce's great. Beyonce's mm -hmm. great, by the way, too. And Greta Gerwig, same thing. Very self-aware, very smart, not easily um, categorized mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, I thought there were very few mistakes in that movie. Just There was one that I didn't like in that movie. When when America Ferrara uh, made that speech about women, I didn't think it was necessary. I think the whole movie was about and it was much more canny, and Scott and I she didn't finish the movies. I thought it was very kind to men, actually, in a lot of ways. I mean, it really understood the difficulties of having to be. I mean, I think about this. I have three sons. I think about, um, you know, at one point, my one of my sons, he's like, we don't get, and it's, it's such a cliche, but he said, we never get to cry. I said, go ahead and cry, and he did, right? You know what I mean? Like he was upset about yeah, something. Yeah, nobody's stopping you. And. No, but they are like they are like I, I don't know where it comes from. And, mm -hmm. you know, I raised two of them in San Francisco, which you'd imagine is a very liberal place. But I had one son who he loved this hat he had. It was a perp. It was a pink spangly hat. He loved it as a kid. Something happened at four years old. I, I, I still don't know what it was that he's like, I can't wear that hat. And I was like, mm. why? You love that hat. And he was like, I can't. I'm a man. I'm a boy. I can't wear that. hat. And I was right. like. Why? And he wasn't saying, oh, it's gay, which I think was the implication. Mm -hmm. uh, he wouldn't have said that. But it was really interesting. He had, you know, I can't watch princess movies anymore. He liked them. 
but then he didn't. And it was really, um, and I thought, oh, that's so sad for him because that gave him a lot of joy, right? And I couldn't convince him off of it. I kept saying, oh, pink is the favorite color of India. You love India. You know, I just didn't know what to do um, to change him. And it was, you know, but he didn't want to, and I didn't force the issue. But um, I remember thinking what a prison he has there with himself. Well, that's true. There's societal pressures that men have to live with about emotional things and crying and and colors and clothes and uh, that that is that is very real. Scott I mean, talks about that. Yeah, Scott is that Scott's new book is going to be about that. I think it's going to be interesting. Don't cry for me, man. I mean, I think men have it good in most cases, but um, but in in general, I think we have to be a little kinder to anyway. Well, I had Christine kinder. Amba on recently, and she was fascinating. Oh, amazing! It was a great conversation about all of this. Uh, My wife edited that piece. My wife oh, really? edited that piece. Wow, she did. She's a Washington a Post editor. Piece. She was the editor. And, and Fascinating we worked that on it, it a long exist. time with Christine. Yeah, it took so long for someone to write yep. that kind Christine's of great. obvious thing. Yep. Let's mm-hmm. talk about your book. You have a book called Burn Book, a tech love story, which comes mm-hmm. out March 5th of next year. Mm-hmm. Before I yep. ask you about the content, I want to ask you about the photo on the cover, which is so badass. <laughs> it, it was. I was trying to think, like, <laughs> how do you. I describe this photo? So to me, it's like Terminator meets Top Gun meets Nancy Pelosi walking out of the White House that day after she just put yeah, Trump's little Hillary Clinton, in, little Hillary put Clinton, Trump's balls yeah. in a vice. Yeah. So those th- yeah. two things put together. What's I want to know if there was a caption above your head in that photo, what would mm-hmm. it, what would it be yeah. saying? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, I know I'm kidding. No, um, <laughs> you know it, it's it's it, I put the tech love story there. That's a very important thing. Is I'm serious with what they've done to the place. That's really, I think that's what you would say. It's like, what have you done to something that has such promise? Like, and you know, it's it's a lot about the falling in love with something and then having the scales fall off your eyes, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not naive by any stretch of the imagination, but that you that something so wonderful and that I love so much could be so um, could have taken such a turn because of money and power and. Um, and need for control. I think that's really what it's about. And my thing is, I'm going to show you what how it happened. I was there, and I'm going to show you. And not everybody, by the way. I have a whole chapter called People I Like. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like tech people I like. I do. I have a chapter. There's a lot of people. Um, but, you know, I think right now, going from leaders, and as flawed as he was, Steve Jobs was incredibly thoughtful. If you go back and listen to our interviews with him, you'd be like, what a thoughtful smart person who had, you know, he had his issues of yelling at people, but boy, compared to today's people, he's like a, he's like a sweetheart, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's weird to think about that. Um, you know, he, he misparked his car in a handicap thing. Okay. You know, I guess well, he's normal. Kind of he's not a fascist. He's yes. not a Nazi. He's not no. white. I mean, yeah. you know, uh... yeah. Or he's not embracing them. He mm-hmm. would have abhorred everybody today. He would have hated them. I know it. Um, you know, he spent a lot of time um, trying to, you know, he actually became friends with Rupert Murdoch, trying to convince him not to be so terrible. You know what I mean? Like he he thought he could, he could, he, the perfectibility of Rupert Murdoch, which of course didn't work, but, um, but well, he died before he could finish the job, I guess. Um, but I really wanted to show how much I love tech and the possibilities of it and how it went down. And I think that... And it's not all negative because I have a lot of stuff of like what really great stories about people um, and and what they were like and what they, and what they turned into, what they became because of mo- largely because of money and power. Um, people that were that had all these good intentions and they mm-hmm. went awry. Give an example of like someone who is at the top of that heap. Well, Musk. Right. Musk is at the very top of the heap, you know, mm-hmm. because I really was I had great hopes for him. He was. You know, after he made the money at PayPal, he was, you know, he had a lot of beefs with the people involved with PayPal, by the way. That wasn't quite as, like, up and to the right as people think. And neither was his career. Um, you know, he got had to take money from the government to uh, for Tesla to survive. He didn't create Tesla, by the way. He bought it. You know, he, he, he became a shareholder in it. Um, I wanted to show, like, that he had, he's a good example. Is I really had hopes because he was doing things that were substantive. And a lot of people were doing stupid things, like you know, a dry, dry cleaning service, like, and then acting like that was changing the world. And you'd be like, are you kidding me? It's a dry cleaning service. And he was doing space, which I thought was very, I know a lot of people don't think it's important, but it is like space exploration. is just like exploration of the, 
of the globe. It mm-hmm. just is. It's just there's just no way around it. Um, he was doing cars and electric vehicles, which I thought were very important. Um, they're changing the idea of vehicles in our world. And it may not be cars, it could be other things, but understanding fossil fuels were dangerous for our for our continued existence on this planet, which is linked with space, by the way, having to be a multi-planet species if we want to survive. And so, you know, and he was doing even the weird stuff like Neuralink and the digging. It was interesting, right? It was, And then he was one of the first people, I think, to talk, and there were a couple, talk about AI and the dangers of AI. This was a decade ago. He started engaging, talking about this. And I, we did an interview where we talked about it extensively about eight, nine years ago. And so he was really thoughtful. And then no, I don't know what happened. I don't know. By money, rich wealth, fandom, um, Personal problems, I think, are probably sprinkled in there. Drugs. Um, in, in drugs, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sort of turned into Howard Hughes, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Who also was a super promising person, by the way. Um, he had serious mental issues, obviously, I think, as, as it turned out. Um, but and untreated mental issues, actually. And, and you sort of are like, what a... Here's someone who really could have been kinder and more helping humanity. And, you know, as, as the a Ukraine official said today over the story about Starlink, um, you know, a, a, a noxious cocktail of ego and ignorance, mm. you know, it, it's just has so much of an effect and un, not understanding the, the profound impacts you had on a country that's been, you can have your opinion about Ukraine, but it was a sovereign nation, democratic nation that was attacked. That's just the, there's no, as much as they like to argue the point, that's what happened there. Mm-hmm. And so um, him to having unlimited, and he's an example of having unlimited unfettered power and unaccountable power over things he has no business being, mm. con- having control over. And just saying, I made the thing is not enough. It's just not enough. Right. You know, I get, it's just, it's unconscionable. I have to say, and then the same thing with this uh, blaming the ADL for his problems at Twitter. It's like, what is wrong with you? Well, what is like, ro- just I say mean, I suck? Is there? I don't know. Are we at some kind of shark jumping moment? Like, has he gone too far this time? See the or- fonts. See the fonts. No, because you know it's it, it's interesting because um, I was looking at all the replies and all his minions sort of attacking the ADL today. And I'm like, wow, it's just like Trump. I feel like it's Mike Lindell everywhere. Like Mike Lindell, Mike Lindell. Oh, there's Mike Lindell again. Or, or, or Peter Navarro going to jail, Peter, sorry. I can't, you have to listen to a subpoena. Um, You know, their ridiculous self-righteousness about their causes really kind of, you know, and of course that's what they accuse the left of, which is like, you people are literally the most self-righteous, um, uh, nincompoops I've ever seen, right? You know what I mean? Like everything you accuse everyone of, you know, it's sort of look in the mirror kind of thing. Um, you know, I think it's just, I think he represents what I think is the bigger problem, which is the unaccountable nature of so much of tech. The un- unaccountable, unelected, you couldn't complain about your elected officials, but they're elected and they may not be elected in the way you want. Maybe there's too much money in it, but that's not that was the Supreme Court. Go call, call the Supreme Court if you're in Citizens United. That's the way it is. That's what was decided. Um, I just feel like unaccountable, unelected people making decisions in ignorance and having no governors on them is really dangerous for our, our, our world, actually. so I just, to me, him and Trump and MAGA, and, yeah, they're, and some, they're, they're they're interchangeable. I think they both get up in the morning and yeah. go, how could I be douchier than I was yesterday? Well, it's it's a need for it's a desperate need for attention. Obviously, something happened in their childhood where they weren't loved enough or something. Um, and you know, something obvious happened. Both of them, you know, yeah, as a parent of four kids, you 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 know what can happen to kids, right? You think about parenting a lot and you're like, what in the world happened to you? Right? What what occurred? Now that said, lots of people have tough childhoods yep. and don't end up behaving like this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a really weird cocktail of this kind of bad behavior that it just, you don't know where it's from, but it's it's a nar- it's basically narcissism writ large with people that have unfettered power. And that's really dangerous. And we've seen it historically, you know, whether you're, you're talking about any of the, any of the people who, who have, who have 
have damaged this world all have that same personality trait. And they, with the worst of all, is they think they're saving the world. You know, uh, you know, at one point I was interviewing Musk and I, I, it was so ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. Two points, actually. One was he was, he had been very upset about Tesla, almost went out of business and, you know, the government helped him, the U.S. government helped him, but lots of others. And he, you know, he was like, I was sleeping on the floor of the factory and I had to be there every night. And I was like, I, what, listen, drama queen, what are you talking about? Like, really? Right. Like, I ran a business like, because too, it I tested, I worked it, late. It, 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 he said this to me, was if te- I, it, this is not the exact term, but it's it, you can listen to the interview. If Tesla doesn't succeed, humanity is doomed. And I was like, wow, <laughs> really? A car company? Oh, okay, got it. Right. I remember thinking, are you fucking kidding me? You mm-hmm. really think that, you, and only I can do it. He said, only I can do it mm-hmm. before. If I don't succeed, humanity is doomed. That was his essential message. And I was like, okay, okay, Jesus. And then he did it again when Trump, he didn't like Trump and he would complain about Trump to me quite a bit, you know, thought he was, but he joined the, he went to that meeting that they had with all the tech people. He joined some of their councils. And I was, I think I called him. I said, how can you do this? You cannot. He hated Trump. Let me just, absolutely, more than, I, I don't like Trump, but he really didn't like him. And he went on and on about how he could he could change his mind. He could do it. I can change him. And I think I called him Jesus. I'm like, okay, Jesus, good for you. Good luck with that. Because I think he's a he's an unrepentant, racist, uh, narcissist, malevolent force. So I don't think he's changeable. I you know, I didn't. I never did. You could see it, you know. And um and he thought he could. And it was so it was so egomaniacal. I I just I was remember thinking, oh my God, really like you really think you're the only one that can save the world. And that's where he's operating from. And he does it all the time now. He did it in this story that Walter wrote in the book. Um, you know, I was thinking, what am I to do with my great responsibility? Well, I'm going to stop nuclear war. I was like, oh, you probably didn't. Or I'll start one. And you probably, yeah, like I literally, it's like you probably didn't and you probably got a lot of kids killed. That's yeah. what you did. That's what That's what you ended up doing because those ships – launched missiles and killed a lot of kids. Okay, good job, right? You didn't stop nuclear war. They weren't going to, you know, because he's ignorant. Like that was the part. He was ignorant about the situation. And that's depressing. That's And there's a lot, there's quite a few people in tech like that. And that's worrisome, I would say. In in our final minute here, tell me where Twitter and Musk is a year from now. Oh, I think it'll probably bump along. It was a shitty business before, so it's not like a high bar. You Mm -hmm. know, he's rich. Um, he might, you know, he'll get a whole new constituency to buy his cars and trucks and whatever. And, um, you know, liberals will stop buying it. The conservatives will start buying it. You know, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of, I love the stuff he's doing at SpaceX. I love the stuff he's doing, not, not the the stuff he did in Ukraine, but, um, Starlink is pretty cool. Uh, the cars are cool. The space stuff's cool. Um, Twitter, Elon's just an asshole. Um, and so I don't know, he could keep it going. It's like owning a bad sports team or no, actually sports teams are good to own now. Right. It's not like minting money. Um, That's where the value uh, is. I, I, yeah, it is. Um, I don't know. He could be fine. He mm-hmm. could maybe take it public and it could be a meme stock. That You could see that mm-hmm. and still be a shitty business. Like all his fans. I want to own a share of mm-hmm. this X or whatever. Um, I don't know. It could be just fine. It could be. I, I, everyone's always like, oh, now he's done. And I'm like, really? He's really rich. You know, it's like a rich kid that can, their parents can get them off. That's, mm-hmm. that happens all. And everyone's can't believe it. I'm like, well, I have money. It, well, can it's, get- it's he and it is like a reality show and we keep watching and it'll be interesting to see how it That's plays right. out. That's yeah, so. right. Yeah. It's, it's not unlike Trump, except much smarter and obviously much more accomplished. I mean, you know, right. what has Trump done but fail, failed at business after business? That's not the case with him. Last quick and question. What where, where, what's is. happening with Trump six months from now, a year from now? You know, Scott's saying he's going to take a plea deal. Um, I think I agree with that. he will. You do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe. That's an, it's, a, it's an interesting concept, that's for sure. Um, and that he doesn't want to go to jail. Um, and then he'll, if in that scenario, he'll appoint who is going to be his successor. Then then he has that power. He certainly doesn't lose power, um, even if he goes to jail. He's sort of like Silvio Berlusconi, right? Mm-hmm. That guy came back and again, he kept having those banga-banga parties, whatever. <laughs> um, although everyone's like, I can't believe Italy did not like banga-banga parties. Of course they voted for him. It's Italy. 
Um, but uh, and it sort of led to this terrible government there. Now, um, I think he'll he'll be able to have huge sway over the party until he's dead. I think so. And I think his you know his shitty children will not have that kind of because there's there's dumb and dumber. It seems like <laughs> and dumber. Um, but he's not dumb. Dumber. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think he's dumb. I don't think he's dumb. And he's got a real innate sense of mm-hmm. PR and evil genius opportunity. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's a genius, but he's, Evil he's, he's got a lizard. I, I think lizard brain is more of it. He understands the basis part of humanity and he appeals to it. You know, you know, nobody got poor uh, underestimating the taste of the American people. Right. <laughs> um, and so he uh, he uh, I, I think he'll have power still. I, I know it's a terrible answer, but I, I don't I don't know why he wouldn't. No, it's What's probably going to do now. Yeah. He's got. A, he's got. What is the only thing he can do is be a pedophile at this point. Like, like I don't know what it is. And even then, he probably as, as if he that way. wasn't I just was before. Thinking, I, I'm sure that's well, in his I, past. Unproven. Allegedly. Unproven. Allegedly. But I, I'm just trying to think. Like, what could he do? Right. Like, he, you know what he could do? He could hurt Taylor Swift. That's that would piss off all lots of people. Well, hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, I don't he stays know. away from Tay Tay. She's pristine. We'll come for him. We're coming for him if he does. He's in big trouble if he does that. Well, big Eric trouble. Swalwell, who's yeah. been on this podcast, he's a, he's a big Swifty. Yeah. So we'll have a friend. Is he? Yeah, we'll have a friend in government for that posse. How could you not be? Yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks for coming on. This was great. Look forward to the Thank next time. Thank you so much, Andy. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, Andy. This episode of The Back Room was edited and produced by me, Andy Ostroy. It was co-edited and co-produced by Maddie Rosenberg and co-produced by Jen Hamoud. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Hollander, and our logo was designed by Cricket Langell. And special thanks to Patricia Wind. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast, and also follow or subscribe. Until next time, keep your eyes on Washington, Hollywood, and your own backyards, and have a great week.